All right, ladies and gentlemen, we're happy to introduce the newest podcast to hit the streets of Murray Hill. We have the king of Murray Hill himself, Michael Serrata, a.k.a. the big dog. And we have myself, Uncle Train. We are bringing you the hottest talk of the MLB, the greatest sport to grace this planet Earth. Primarily focused on some Mets and Yankees banter, uh, discussions. Beyond that, we'll stretch out into the greater MLB world, and we are very happy to be here. Michael, you want to give some, some words of wisdom to kick off this podcast? We're going to start off by doing a off-season breakdown. Uh, first of the Mets, uh, Jay Barr is going to go Uncle Train Man. Sorry about that. How we doing? He is going to review who the Mets picked up this off-season. We'll have a little bit of back and forth about that. Uh, then I will be reviewing who the Yankees picked up this off-season. Uh, then we'll do a little bit more banter because you got to have a little bit of back and forth again. And then we will talk about some award predictions uh, on this here baseball eve. Well, yeah, baby. So without further ado, let's cue the intro song, ladies and gentlemen. A little bit of Tommy Rowe, Sweet Pea. How we doing? Oh, Sweet Pea, come on, let's get From the Mets' perspective, you got to be feeling good coming into this season. Honestly, they made, made a lot of big moves in the offseason. A couple big signings coming from Seattle were Cano and Diaz. That was big time. A lot of people were making Cano as the big centerpiece around that trade, but in reality, I think Diaz is really the main guy. You, We now have the best closer in baseball, and I can say that with confidence. I don't know if I'm going Diaz number one. Uh, I think with relief pitchers, you got to do it for me for more than one year. Diaz has been solid for a couple of years now. He had a little bit of a rough patch at one point, but as of last year... Best closer in baseball. Blake Trinan was probably the best closer in baseball last year. Blake Trinan was probably number one. Diaz number two. I'm not going to get too nitpicky on Mm. that. Uh, I agree Diaz was definitely the headliner of that trade. Cano, though, as of as of this moment, Cano is a big deal for the Mets because he's the best hitter on the team. You hope that someone Over, else overall hitter. becomes yes. the best hitter on the team, and maybe we get to this a little later. I think that's got to be Michael Conforto for the Mets to be successful. Big year for him. But as of right now, Cano, I imagine, hits third or fourth in that order. Yep, easy. Um, they, might, they might throw him in the two spot, actually. Okay. Yeah, I mean, that's a big thing now is uh, yeah. teams putting guys in the two spot. But Robbie Cano, uh, don't you know? Don't, don't you know, know Robbie Cano? He's good for, I'm throwing out 35 dongs. I know he's a little bit old, but the boy still has some power. Yeah, he was on the PEDs, but, you know, everybody's on the PEDs now. So he's also good for average. That's the other thing. He's not just the dong hitter. He's the average hitter. He's definitely not just a dong hitter. No. Let's you know. Let's really clarify that one more time. He's not a dong hitter. Dong I mean, hitter? he's not just a dong hitter. He's no. gonna hit some dongs. He's gonna hit some dongs. No he's question about it. He's gonna hit some dongs. We might be calling him the dong man come July. <laughs> we might be. So with Cano coming in at second base again, 
DH potentially coming to the NL. I think that's going to be huge because we also got Jeffy Mack, Jeffy McNeil, who was batting a sick three fifty last year, which again. Don't expect him to hold up a 350 like you know Murph kind of average first year with the Nats. That was a little bullshit because he just left the Mets. But come on, folks, you hate to see it. I think Jeffy Mack playing consistently. We're gonna throw him in the outfield, um, but we had to push him now to the infield. He's coming into third base, filling it for Jed Lowry, who was another big offset offseason move. Got him from the A's. He's a uh, he could play pretty much any position in the infield, and the boy is gonna put. Nice little, uh, nice little average here in that lineup. So having Jeffy Mack move to the infield once Lowry comes back, we'll move Jeffy Mack to the outfield, and it's going to be a crowded outfield because we got Conforto, we got Nimmo, we got potentially Jeffy Mack, Jeff McNeil. Center field, we're talking Lagares, great defensive player. But on top of that, which people are forgetting about, Cespedes is still in the mix. Second half, Cespedes could come back. So when he comes back, you put Nimmo out in center. That's not really his natural position, but, you know, he could suck it and, and learn how to deal with it. So outside of the Cano-Lowry-Diaz signings. I'd like to uh, bring up one other player that fits uh, into that outfield. Okay, uh, Michael. That outfield mold. That's going to be Keon Broxton, Okay. Uh, who right. I think is important to note because although he was God awful in 2018. No bueno. In 2017, he was a 20, 20, 20 player. So he had. He's quick. Not triple 20. That's two 20s for you. Uh, 20 home runs. He had 20 dongs. 20 dongs. 17. They might be calling him the dong man. Holy shit. 21 Broxton. New dong man, folks. You gotta love that. Keon Broxton is an underrated type guy who the Mets picked up. Uh, they didn't really have to give up much for him, but it was, I. It was petty cash. I, I think something that the Mets. And I think this is the overall theme of what they did. Two things. One, they added a lot of old guys. I, I mean, that's that's a trend that... Yes, yes. Okay, uh, continue. That's continue. a trend that everyone else seems to be zigging, and the Mets are zagging in terms of picking up some old pieces. Right. Um, however, there's another thing that the Mets did that I think is probably extremely important for them. Uh, I'm going to say, first, I hate the Mets. I really hope that they stink this year. Uh, I think that they will probably come in fourth place in the division. Okay. I hope, at least. Fingers uh, crossed. Hope is different than expense, so. But if I'm complimenting them on one thing, it's that new GM, uh, Bro Von Swag. Brody he, boy. He came in, and he added a lot of depth to the Mets. And I think that that was something that they lacked last year. Uh, you have a crowded outfield now. You have a crowded infield now. But with a team that seems to be destroyed by injuries year after year, that's going to be increasingly important. Mm. Um, you know, it's interesting that they now have a crowded outfield and a crowded infield because a lot of teams would say, fuck yeah, we got a lot of great guys. I think because the Mets have been so shitty for so long, we're finally starting to get some good players. When we made the Lowry signing, just for an example, Mets fans were like, why the fuck would we sign Jed Lowry? We already have 5,000 infielders that can play every position. That was also when you still had Wilmer Big Dick Flores. You hate to see the crybaby leave like that. He is my favorite player. I'm wearing his jersey right now. It's depth, but I think part of it was also like, where is Jeff McNeil going to play? This guy was crushing it last year. He's right. having a good spring. You know, can he get in the lineup day after day? And I think Mets fans want to see him because he was... They do. He was... Uh, he, pr he proved himself. He That's was, the thing. He was probably the 
the brightest light on the team other than DeGrom last and, year. And Nimmo smile. And Nimmo smile. Gotta love and that. Nemo hustling down the down the Sprints line. Rinse the first base after a walk. And he cheeses. I mean, he's a cheese. Cheesing kind of guy. He's, he's eating a, some uh, cheddar cheese puffs, I believe. He's a cheese curd. Uh, okay, interesting. He take. might be the the cheesiest of all the curds. He is from Wyoming, which I guess is kind of close to Wisconsin, which is known for their cheese curds. So, folks, go. I think it's written in stone that he is a cheese curd. Brandon, the cheese curd, Nemo. Nemo. Yes. We might not have a guy who's going to hit. 45, 50 dongs, or multiple guys who hit 45, 50 dongs, like the Bronx Bombers, a.k.a. the Evil Empire, a.k.a. the Pats of the MLB. As I said it, the Yanks can absolutely suck at folks, and you hate to see them really in any sort of headline because everybody just rolls their eyes and like, you gotta be fucking shitting me, the Yanks again. Get them out of here, folks. You really gotta get them out of the spotlight. It's unbelievable. Uh, here's a word from our sponsors. One eight seven seven cars for kids, K A R S cars for kids. One eight seven seven cars for kids. Donate your car today. Boom boom boom. One eight seven seven cars for kids, K A R S cars for kids. One eight seven seven cars for kids. Donate your car today. Welcome to Cars for Kids, where you can donate your car and give them to the homeless. <laughs> Whatever the fuck it is that Cars for Kids does. Does it give cars to kids? Like children? I actually Like it gives like underprivileged eight-year-old no, children no, 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 cars? No. Actually, I'm not even kidding. Look it up on Wikipedia right now. It actually has something to do with like... Like, go to the Wikipedia page, you're going to be surprised. What, what I just it. searched Cars for Kids in Google, and the first thing that came up was Cars for Kids Jewish. Yeah. Holy crap. Oh, it was founded in 1994 by Rabbi Chaim Mintz and is currently headed by Eliyahu Mintz, the youngest of the Mintz brothers. Oh, you mean the Mintz brothers? We're talking big kids. Oh, <laughs> folks. Oh, Jesus Christ. This is a filthy podcast. We're ripping ass and we're cashing checks here, folks. Come on. Well, <laughs> by the way, the uh, the door is closed, so we're all, getting the, uh, we're all getting that rip-down winkle right to the Ooh. face. It's going to be great, boy. That's a stanky one. Yeah, I hate to see it, but if we're being completely honest, folks, you got to love it. We're just sitting here farting in chairs, <laughs> recording the podcast. What the fuck? Should we name the podcast Farting in Chairs? Farting in Chairs. Two schmucks farting in... Schmucks in... Two farting schmucks in chairs talking about baseball. <laughs> So we're back. We let out a couple farts. No dukes, thank God. But we are back, and that whole thing was kind of primarily, I guess, supposed to be focused on the Mets offseason. We went off on a couple tangents, but we're right back at it talking about the offseason. Um, we're going to spearhead it with the Yanks this time. Michael, if you would like to delve into it, we would uh, all love to hear your thoughts on the Yanks offseason. Yeah, absolutely. So the Yankees had a very interesting offseason. Uh, probably not as loud, uh, not as flashy uh, as everyone thought. As the uh, Yanks typically are. As the Yankees typically are, but also this whole idea of getting uh, under the luxury tax all seemed geared towards this 2018-2019 uh, free agent class, mm. uh, specifically because you would have thought that they would have came away with at least one of... Patrick Corbin, yeah. Bryce Harper, or Manny Machado. I thought it was a honestly. I thought it was a lock that they were going to get at least Harper or Machado. 
It, I, thought the, it was, I think everybody thought it was a lock. Yeah, I mean, I think the plan, you know, a couple of years ago was probably to do that, but I think that as guys have come up and made an impact on this team, mm. it's become less important than it probably seemed two years ago to do this. Now, before I, I give all of my thoughts on that whole thing, uh, let's just review what they did. Uh, so the Yankees are coming off a four-game loss in the ALDS. Uh, you hate and to see it, folks. You actually got to love it. You hate to see it. And basically, they are returning most of the same team that they had last year. It's going to be Giancarlo Stanton's second year in the Bronx, expecting big things out of him. Uh, and I think the only significant loss that we took uh, was David Robertson. Uh, and as you'll hear right. in just a few seconds, we replaced him uh, with some big guns. Now, so what did they do? They passed on the big guns, uh, but they signed Troy Tulowitzki as a fill-in for Gregorius. I'm interested to see how that plays out. I mean, they got him for free, so there's no reason not to do that. Right, no harm, no foul, but if he doesn't produce, you're going to hate to see him. They got DJ LeMayhew. Uh, so he was kind of there. Like I did like they that. did that, I think, a day after the, the Mets got Lowry, so it was kind of back-to-back signings for the two New York clubs. They got Zach Britton to come back. Right. That they, was big. They got Adam Adovino. Uh, that was so, huge. So now you're getting Britton a huge. year he kind was a of... last year. Right, and you're getting Britton a year removed from the surgery. Mm. I think there were some hiccups for him down the stretch last year, um, but you got to remember that he was coming back from a very significant injury uh, that, that had him missing, you know, the better parts of, of the year before. So that those two guys coming in to solidify the bullpen uh, going to be huge, mm. along with Tulo and along with LeMahieu, and, of course, the number one acquisition of the offseason for the New York Yankees that I actually think is probably the most underrated move of any team in the entire offseason. And I'm not just saying it because he's a part of the team I root for. I'm saying it because nobody's talking about James Paxton. Mm. This guy is mm-hmm. coming into New York to be a 1A, 1B with Severino. His upside, if he can stay healthy, is very high, and he's the exact type of impact arm that the Yankees need. And to me, as of right now, he was the best pitcher acquired in the offseason. So I think they did a good job in getting the best arm possible out of the ones that moved. So basically, I think it comes down to, do you think it was him or Patrick Corbin? Right now, I'm not. it's, it's up for debate, okay. I would take Paxton. Um, and then... Maybe a little bit of bias there. But yeah. And then they brought Jay Happ back. Uh, so they'll, they'll get a year, a full year of Jay Happ. Hmm. Um, and that really, uh, unless you want to talk about this guy, Michael Touchman, who somehow made the, uh, the opening day roster, I've never heard of him. Who the fuck is Michael Touchman? They traded, they did, they needed some outfield depth with Hicks starting on the DL. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, and our, our guy, Tyler Wade, who's, you know, a Yankee farmhand favorite. What was the Hicks extension again? Hicks got extended, I believe it was like seven years, 70 million. Oh, it's seven year. Seven years, 70 million. You were locking him in. Which is big time because he was going to be a free agent after this year and would have by far been the best center fielder on the market, uh, you know, after this year. So big time to get him locked up. Uh, I believe in, what is it, in two years Mookie Betts is a free agent? Or is it one more year? I think it's two. I think it's two because I think Hicks... 
I think Hicks would have been, you know, far and away the number one center fielder on the market uh, next year. So very important that the Yankees locked him up. Also think he's a very underrated player in terms of what he can bring to to the team. So, you know, before I hear your thoughts on what they did, I'm I'm of the camp, and I think a lot of Yankees fans aren't, that they did a great job. Uh, to me, as much as a Bryce Harper or a Manny Machado would have been exciting, you know, imagine Bryce Harper, the lefty bat, short porch, Yankee Stadium, it just made so much sense. Uh, fit him in between Stanton and Judge. Nice wiffle ball stadium. It's, it's this unbelievable trio that just feels like almost like not real. It feels like the type right. of team you can't even get in a video game it's like, it's, unless you force trade your way to getting it. That's how good it would have been. Right, or turn off declined trades right. by the CPU. Yes. Which I have been prone to do that in my heyday. Um, I think everybody's a little guilty of it. Might, and you gotta love might, that. They folks. might not admit it, but... Oftentimes, the reason I did that was because I wanted the rosters to be as realistic as possible. And this is before we had internet. I'm talking back like MVP Baseball 2005, MVP Baseball 2004, going classic. I turned decline trades off on the CPU because I wanted to update my rosters with every transaction that the Mets made. Because I would always play with the Mets franchise mode. Except when I played as the D-backs in Triple Play Baseball 2001. That was a great team. It was on theme. Was Tony Womack on that team? Oh, was that like Womack? Was it? Was that? Two, you said two thousand three. No, that was two thousand one. Oh, two thousand one is like Womack, Tony, uh, Luis Gonzalez, Luis Gonzalez, who Craig, hit the, the walk of blue. And nobody and cares. Mo, you gotta love that, folks. Come on. Craig Council, uh, current manager of the Councilman, the Brewers. You had Young Young Kim. You had Kurt Schilling. You had Randy Johnson. I mean, there were a lot of big boys on that team. That was a. That was a. Stack squad. That was a very good team. Actually, I got in trouble when I was... Junior in... Spivey was on oh, that team. Oh, Junior Spivey. A funny uh, tidbit, when I was in third grade, the Yankees and Diamondbacks were playing in the World Series. I love the Yankees since day one of my life. I'm not sure if third... everyone knows that yet, but now you know. Third grade, I... Take a dookie on my the teacher's seat. name is Mrs. Sweet. Okay. She didn't like me so much, it wasn't too sweet. Uh, okay, I see what you did there. But we had a, a a class poster supporting the Yankees in the World Series really? that year. And everyone's writing things like, go Yankees, Yankees are the best. You know, I decide that I'm going to write, Kurt Schilling sucks, <laughs> Randy Johnson sucks. The teacher, Mr. Sweet, calls me into her, like, her classroom for a one-on-one and says, you ruined the whole entire poster for everyone. Wow. I'm going to have to cut around. You, like, no, we're not going to be able to hang this up anymore. Because you said they suck. Because you, I said that they can't, suck. You can't say that in you third grade. You can't say that. You can't. You can't say You can't do a lot of things in third grade. You can't. It's kind of a load of bullshit. It's really not fair. Because, you know, third grade, you know, it's like a real coming of age kind of kind of a year. But the thing is, it's not my fault that I had knowledge of the team. And I said, Randy Johnson sucks. I think they were completely disregarding your extensive baseball knowledge in comparison to the rest of the class. I think, you know, most people wouldn't have known that you know, Jay Bell was the second baseman for that team. It's not my fault. The Yankees were not a Bryce Harper or a Manny Machado away from being able to beat the Red Sox and then have a chance to go further in the playoffs and win the World Series. That is not what they lacked. What they lacked 
were, in my opinion, were two things. One, timely hitting. Uh, they had a lot of guys in that lineup that were striking out and not getting the big hit. Uh, that was a big problem for them. Game one, they lost by one run. They were relying uh, on the long ball. And they had a couple of times in that game where they really had the opportunity to tie the game, take the lead. They were just never able to do it. In game two, they, they won. Game uh, three, I never want to talk about again. And game four, that was they brought up... I mean, Gary Sanchez, if that ball flies out 10 feet further, we might be having a different conversation here today about you know the state of what the Yankees should have done. So... In my opinion, they weren't that away. They needed the timely hitting, and then they also needed pitching. They had guys like Severino who couldn't figure it out in the playoffs. I think he was tipping his pitches. You had Jay Happ who wasn't effective in his one start. Masahiro Tanaka is one of the best playoff starters that are in the major leagues right now. This guy is unbelievable, but he was the only starting pitcher that was able to be effective for the Yankees. So what do they do? In the postseason. In the postseason. So what do they do? They go out, they get James Paxton, a guy who... Just big. He needs to stay healthy. He but, does stay healthy. But they addressed it. Uh, they get J-Hap for a full year, and I think you know one thing that's that's getting lost here is that we were debating, should J-Hap be starting the wild card game for the Yankees You know, six months ago? Now it's J-Hap's the fourth starter when everyone's healthy on the team. That's a humongous difference. There's not many guys in the league who are better fourth starters than J-Hap. It's just, that, that's my take on it. Um, and in terms of the timely hitting, I think adding someone, and this is very simple, but adding a DJ LeMayhew, who's not being talked about a lot, I don't even think he's starting tomorrow, which is kind of crazy to me. This guy puts the ball in play. Other than Gregorius, he has the lowest strikeout he's percentage on the entire hitter. Yankees. Yeah. So without Gregorius, you know, he's going to be crucial to them putting the ball in play and hopefully getting some timely hits. So I like what they did. I think they got better. I think they are a better team now than they were at the end of last season, especially when you add in a guy like Gregorius, especially when, when Severino gets healthy. Um, very excited about this team. I think the Yankees, the Red Sox, and the Astros are a level above everyone else in the MLB right now Agreed. going into the season. Agreed. I think those three teams are the best. Um, but I think where the Mets become interesting is that they're in a division uh, where, to me, there's no clear-cut favorite. If I had to label it, I think I think the NL East is going to be the biggest, the close, the, clo- the closest race. It's yeah, gonna it's going to be a bloodbath. Blood it is. It's going to be an absolute bloodbath because right. the thing is, even if one of these teams somehow doesn't live up to expectations, and I think for every single one of them, there are roads to not living up to expectations. Except I, the Marlins, they're I, kind of well, guaranteed. They, they, they have a one-way path. Yes, they have a, a one-way path. They have a beaten-down bike path off but, the side of Route 202. But with the four important teams in that division, the Mets, the Braves, I think the Braves the are going to be a disappointment. You think the Braves are? The Braves are going to be a disappointment. So, I like the Braves. I think the Braves are... They're a tough team right now because last year they were the best team in the division... Theoretically, you add Donaldson, who, if healthy, is going to make a huge impact on that lineup. For me, with them, it's the bullpen. Is that bullpen good enough to hold up for a whole year? And is that starting rotation they, good if, enough? If they re-sign Kimbrel, I think that would be big. But even with... So, even now, you're at a point where... That's not going to make it a break it, question. Don't, but we don't know how good Kimbrel's going to be should he sign. I mean, the guy yeah. is an elite reliever, but he's an elite reliever with a full spring training. Mm. Greg Holland, two years ago, was a top reliever in baseball, had a great year for Colorado, 
doesn't get spring training, right. goes to a better ballpark in St. Louis, and he got cut. I mean, we don't know these pitchers who don't Point. get in, have a full camp. It it's it's it remains to be seen if one of them can come in and and be their self right away. And right. I, I just don't know if they can. Right. Division could really fall any of four ways. Gonna be very interesting to see how it goes. I'm I'm I literally cannot wait. It's gonna be a bloodbath in in the NL East, folks. I think that's some one thing that we could say for certain. It's gonna be a bath of blood. We're gonna have some blood, we're gonna have a bath, we're gonna have a little bubble bath, we're, we're gonna, gonna throw the... a couple ducks into this said bubble bath made of blood. Plenty of hemoglobin to go around. Every, Lots of hemoglobin. Everybody gets plenty of hemoglobin and hemoglobin. And you gotta wonder. What are we wondering, Michael? Who's gonna come out victorious of all the ducks? In the bloodbath. So we got a lot of duckies floating around in this bloodbath that we call the NL East. But the Miami Marlins ducksies, they are sinking down beak first, straight to the drain of this bloodbath. They're not going to experience any bubbles at all. And frankly, it's embarrassing. I'm not even sure they're going to get into the top. I'm embarrassed to be in the same division as them, to be completely honest. I mean, I just, I really don't know. I don't know if they're turning the water on. I don't know if they're step, step, stepping foot into the bathroom. I don't even know if they've entered the house yet. That they, that They are so far away from even entering this bathroom. Are they out there chatting up with the neighbors about the new chrysanthemums that they just planted in their front yard? I don't know. But what I do know is that there is no chance in hell that this Marlins rubber ducky team is even going to be in the same tub, let alone bathroom, let alone household, as the rest of the NL East. Uh, that's probably the that's the biggest certainty in the NL East is that they will come in last. Yes, that might be the most the biggest certainty of the major leagues. I don't know the Baltimore the Baltimore Orioles having they the worst are record in baseball buns and a half. They, it's it's almost it's almost sickening if yeah. we're being completely honest. They're going to be very bad. They're going to be a very bad team. They made absolutely no moves. No, they. I mean, they don't they, give. They literally don't give a fuck about baseball. They don't. They they are so bad that it's if, if the Yankees are playing eighteen, nineteen games against them this year and don't win like 16, 16, 15, 16 games, depending on if it's you know eighteen or nineteen, that's not good enough. They should just be doing Cal Ripken and Brooks Robinson bobblehead giveaways every single game. I mean, because that's the to. only thing that will get fans to go to those games. Let's play a little game here. How many, how many players on the Baltimore Orioles can you name right now? Yeah, Cal Ripken retired. Okay. Yes, I think he did retire. Chris Davis. Chris Davis. We got Chris Davis. So they gave a fat contract yep. and he has not been good at all. Yep. He's let's, terrible. Let's see if he hits above 200. He probably will not. <laughs> Just calling it what it is. Now, Adam Jones? No, the he's, gone. He doing? he's on Arizona. That's right. Um... Shit. Uh, Ted Bundy, a.k.a. Dylan Bundy, is he still on the O's, right? Is he the lock? Oh, in the, you mean Ted Bundy. He's the lock in the rotation, Ted Bundy? Yeah, he'll probably start opening day, I would imagine. Unbelievable opening day starter. <laughs> Ted Bundy, t- man. You gotta tip your cap to Ted Bundy. The fact that he even made it out of the electric chair and is now pitching for the Baltimore Orioles is nothing short of a feat of greatness. And Dylan Bundy wear. Oh, Dylan Bundy wear. Okay. Dylan Bundy wear. My name is Dylan Bundywear. Can you name any, anyone else? Yeah. Uh, I, I, it's uh, Alex Cobb. Well, they're, they're all, yeah. Right. It's also it, in the division, different. though. But I, I meant it more like they're so bad that 
someone who doesn't have to watch them 18, 19 times a year right. would have no idea who's on the who team. The even even the me, team. like, I can name you uh, Alex Cobb, Michal, Michal, Michal Givens. That's going to be their I'm closer. Michal Givens. Michal. Uh, Michal Givens. He Givens and he takes away. Uh, I, I, Chris Davis, as you said, um, <laughs> I mean, this team has literally nobody that you've ever heard of. I mean, it's they, not even like a quadruple A team. It's just a straight up like single A team. Right. They got rid of Gaussman last year at the deadline. I mean, yikes. Let's just, you know what? Let's, yikes. You hate to see it, folks. It's not what you want to see. And my dad oh, is Trey, Ma- my, Trey Mancini. Oh, Trey, Trey Mancini, Mancini, of course. I mean, how could you forget Chris Mancini? Mancini man. Mancini man. Uh, a little bit of uh, Mancini noodles, if you will. Manchego cheese. With a little bit of bolognese sauce. Mom. Um, well, yeah, I mean, they at least comes down to Yankees. Red Sox, yes. I do think the Rays will be competitive again. I'm interested to see how the Rays I think do. people are kind of sleeping on them. They won 90 games last year. Blakey Snell had 20 plus. Blakey Snell was the best small. pitcher in, in the American League last yeah. year. Tommy Pham for a full year. Boy. I think he's very, uh, I keep saying the word, he's very underrated, Tommy Underrated, Pham. come on, boy. Uh, you know, they have an interesting team. I think one guy that they didn't get that would have made them very interesting is mm. Nelson Cruz. Mm. Uh, not to say that that puts them on the plane of the other two. No, but, no. But still, but man, still, you I get mean, a guy who just knocks fucking 50 dongs in a season? Yeah, yeah I mean, isn't Nelson... You're never going to turn that away. Isn't Nelson Cruz the type of guy that comes to the Rays and just haunts the Yankees every time he plays yeah. them? Like, he, I mean, that's what he is. And thank God they didn't get him. Plus. All right, so now let's take another quick break, and let's do a little bit of awards predictions. All right, folks, now a word from our sponsors. <laughs> But I need cash now. Call JG Wentworth. 877 cash now. 877 cash now. 877 cash now. 877 cash now. Call JG Wentworth. 877 cash now. Call now. Ladies and gentlemen, that was JG Wentworth. Call 877 cash now. If you need a new and they'll they'll just they'll literally just give you money. That's what JG Wentworth does. They're not even a bank. They are a money store. They have money. You call them, 877-CASH-NOW, and they'll send you a little bit of money if you need it. You don't even have to pay them back, really. It's very, uh, they're very thoughtful guys over there. Very interesting company policy that they have, JG Wentworth. It's very nice of them. Mr. Wentworth. Does he have a heart of gold? Uh, he does have a heart of gold. His middle name is Gold. John Gold Wentworth. That oh, is JG. JG. His brother was uh, James Silver Wentworth, J.S. Sister was uh, Brittany Bronze Wentworth, wow. B.B. Wentworth. Ladies and gentlemen, once again, call 877-CASH-NOW. <laughs> Folks, we are coming at you live with our picks for the AL and NL MVPs, Cy Young, Rookie of the Year. We'll go for... The biggest disappointment player, aka the Golden Dookie Award, and also we'll give you who we think our biggest breakout star is going to be. And we're gonna on the uh, the biggest breakout, mm. we will be avoiding uh, Yankees and Mets players uh, as fans of the respective teams. We will not gonna pick guys from the Yankees or the Mets or the Mets or the Yankees or the Mets. Yeah, we'll see how that goes. But also not the Mets. Definitely not the Mets, but definitely not the Yankees. 
Yeah, not the Yankees. So, folks, as we move on, we got to get the show rolling, ladies and gentlemen. 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 So, Michael, let's start it off, I guess, with the, what do we want to do? AL MVP? Let's start with the Cy Youngs. Let's start with the Cy Youngs. That's exactly what I was going to say. AL Cy Youngs. What are you feeling? You want me to go first? I would love for you to go first. So my AL Cy Young pick is going to be a guy who was having a Cy Young caliber season last year until he was cut short by injury. Might have very well won the award if he had stayed healthy. Uh, I have heard rumblings that he is trying to add a sixth pitch to his arsenal rumbling in the jungle i've heard the rumbles six pitch to his arsenal in the offseason uh he is absolutely psychotic he is nuts i will not be rooting for him throw him in the loony bin but it's psycho t it's trevor bauer gotta give it up for mr bauer folks you got michael's vote i just think trevor bauer this guy he's a lunatic he's a looney tune he's absolutely out of his mind he is he is having crazy interactions with fans on Twitter. It, it's insane. You can't root for the guy, but he is a hell of a pitcher. He's dedicated to his craft, and he's psycho T, man. I mean, he put it all together last year, and it was amazing. I mean, he was he was like the AL version of Degrom before before he got hurt. Uh, you know, maybe not as great, but he was pitching at a really high caliber. Uh, and I just think that if he can do it for a full year, if he can be in his contract year and do it, which he is, you always like the, the extra incentive, especially him. He's going to be playing on year-to-year contracts for the rest of his career, he says. I think Psycho T comes away with the AL Cy Young. Shout out Luis Severino because I would have picked you if you were starting the year healthy. I don't think Sevy would win it. Um, but, you know, we'll, uh, we'll call that a teacher zone, right? I am, oh, a teacher's zone? Yes. Listeners, if you are not aware, there is a zone that we often refer to. It is called the teacher zone. Um, it is a play on words, if you will, of to each his own. So if you disagree with someone, you could say, well, you know what? I believe you are in the teacher zone right now. I'd like to welcome you to the teacher zone. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to the teacher zone. So give me your pick, uh, Uncle Train Man, for the AL... Cy Young. If we are going with my pick, I'm going to have to go with the man who is married to the smoke show of the world, known as Kate Upton. His name is Justin Verlander. Folks, the man, he finished uh, second, I believe, in the Cy Young voting last year. And his postseason, the man is dominant. Um, I think last year he put up, what, like 16 wins, something along, something along those lines? Yeah, I mean, at least. The man is going to be flirting with 20 wins this season. I got a feeling he's got an unbelievable squad around him. I am not one to focus on the wins category, let that be known. Um, however, I think Verlander, he has the, he's shown it before. Um, that he that he can bring home the Cy Young, bring home the bacon for Kate, 
And the new baby, congratulations, 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 Justin Verlander on the new baby last year. So we got the new babe. He's got, you know, a little, uh, little chip on his shoulder after coming in second in the voting last year. Uh, again, he's got the great course surrounding him. The guy has unbelievable stuff. When he is turning on the Jets, he is absolutely lights out. He pitches with intensity. He is tenacious. Um... And overall, I just feel good about him. You know, I would say Sale, because Sale's a friggin' stud. Slider's out of control. But just not feeling the, uh, not, not feeling the Uncle Sale for the AL MVP. So I'm moving over uh, down south to Houston. We're going with Justin Verlander. I mean, I, I, you have to like the Verlander pick. This guy's unbelievable. He just got paid. Big money. Uh, Big money coming in. He is really good at pitching baseballs to other people. Right. Especially uh, batters. Especially batters. Um, you know, people like to catch the ball when he's throwing it. Verlander, all jokes aside, the guy is unbelievable yeah. every single year. He's a great pick for the AL Cy Young. No more uh, jokes. We're not, we're not joking anymore on this podcast. No more jokes. I, I do think Verlander is going to have a good chance to, to take it home as well. Thank you, Michael. We just, me, me and Michael, we just did a little fist bump. We absolutely did. In case you couldn't see it, fist bump. All right, so now that we've talked about the AL Cy Young, time to move over. Let's move on to the, to the National League. National League, the best league, as some may call it, where pitchers are not gigantic pussies and decide to actually hit the baseball on the other side of the diamond. And honestly, folks, you got to love that. they got a little bit more fire in their veins, I feel. You know, they got the balls to step into the batter's box and not worry about getting hit by a little baseball. Um... Some of them even turn out to be some absolute studly hitters. You got DeGrom, who I'm not going to say that he's going to win the Cy Young because I can't pick my own guy. You but can. You can pick him if you want. Okay, well, I think he, he probably... If you want to pick him. I, I, I think he, take, he, he might. I'm thinking about it. You take but you got guys you like DeGrom, him. who played short back in college. He's got the hitting mentality. He's got the years of hitting under his belt. Guys like Steven Matz, mash the ball, hitting doubles, hitting dongs. All the Mets pitches can hit, by the way. Syndergaard. Jason is Vargas Syn- can't hit. Syn- okay. He can't. You, well, you don't know that. No, I, I know it. Okay. This guy stinks. Again, teach us on. Syndergaard is a double homer he game. stinks. Double homer big time. Out in L.A. That was huge. Steven Matz, four ribby game. First first friggin' experience in the big And what have you done for me lately, Steven Matz? DeGrom. What have you done for the me lately? The Steve Matz is going to three hits in his first game. How many does he have since? He'll be fine. He'll have a good year this year. promise. He is... If he pitches average, he is an above average four. Oh, Boom. wow. And that's a lock, folks. If he pitches average. And you heard it here first. There's really no debate here. So, if we're moving on to NL Cy Young. Michael, I'll, I'll let you go. I'll let you do the honors once again. So... I think, you know, you start at the top here, Scherzer, DeGrom. I'm staying away from that. That's I, a lock. I, they're, the, they're the two favorites. That's like, into it's, it. like, it's like picking Trout for the MVP. You just can't do it. Right. I'm not I'm not taking either of them, uh, but I'll acknowledge that, you know, Scherzer's finishing in the top three. DeGrom's going to be there also. Uh, but I'm going to go a little bit off the beaten path for this one. Go off. I'm going with a man who has less than one full season under his belt. He is the new toast of the town. Okay. L.A. has long been Clayton Kershaw's town. He's long been the best pitcher in baseball. 
He's not anymore, but there's a new ace in L.A. I would still he I would still say that he's in contention for Cy Young, but okay, carry on. There's a new ace in L.A. The guy was unbelievable in the World Series. Sandy Koufax was, uh, you know, sitting front, second row, watching this guy pitch. I think he's unbelievable. If the Dodgers don't mess with his innings and mm. let him go the full way, I'm taking Walker Bueller. 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 Ladies and gentlemen. I think this guy has all the tools. I think he's taking the next leap, and I think he's Hollywood. It's Walker Bueller for the NL Cy Young. That's showbiz, baby. Let me just tell you. You're in the Hollywood spotlight. You are Hollywood, as some make called. Bojack Horseman, shout out. Come on, boy. Um, I, you know, I got to say, Bueller is an absolute stud. I think he's going to have a fire year. He's going to be big. He's going to have a fire year. I think one thing that could definitely throw it off, though, as I alluded to, the Dodgers are very annoying with their innings on their pitchers. But Blake Snell won the Cy Young with 180 innings last year. So if Walker Buehler can get to 180, Cy Young season for and Walker Blake Buehler. Blake Snell kind of even looks like a bug if you look yeah. at him. And I have a couple of shout-outs that I want to give to other NL pitchers, but I'm going to let you pick first. Okay. So if we're going, and granted, yeah, I may be a little biased, sure. But I'm not going with DeGrom. I'm actually going to go with the man with the golden locks, Noah Syndergaard. I'm telling you, the man... Given the injuries last year, he now has a chip on his shoulder to really prove himself as an elite pitcher in major leagues, which I think he can do. He's got the fire. The boy is throwing for seven innings straight, 98, 99 mile an hour, high cheddar. What kind of cheddar? Wisconsin white? Uh, I don't believe it's Wisconsin. I believe it is sharp cheddar. So the cheddar's sharp? The cheddar is sharp as hell. can cut like butter. Love a good slice of butter. So... Noah Syndergaard, again, with a better Mets team. We got better morale this year. Um, overall, I think our rotation is going to be potentially the best in baseball, given everybody stays healthy. But I think Syndergaard, coming out again, he's proven himself that he can pitch under 3 ERA. I think that as long as he can keep the location on his fastball, boy also has a 92-mile-an-hour slider. That's kind of fucked. When you see a slider cutting across the plate like that at 92 miles an hour, I think Syndergaard's going to have a big-time year. Um, I, I we'll, don't. we'll see how it plays out. I know it's a little bit of a stretch. Most people wouldn't choose that. But granted, I might be a little bit biased because the Mets are the greatest team in the face of the planet. But I wasn't going to say uh, anything against that pick. I don't think it's a bad pick. Michael, thank uh, you very much. I'm going to try and keep my biases aside on evaluating the pick okay. because obviously I really hope that doesn't happen. Mm-hmm. But as a baseball fan, Noah Syndergaard, some of the best raw stuff in the league, um, you know, if he puts together a full season, there's no reason to think that, uh, you know, he can't be right there with some of the elite pitchers in the NL. I think he's got a shot. I think it's a little bit, uh, you know, it's obviously he's not the number one guy on his own team, mm-hmm. but why not? You know, he's he's very good. You know, he's he's got a shot at that. There's, there's no People forget in, in 16, when he was having a lights out year, he started the wild card. Yeah. He went head-to-head. With, 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 with Mad Bum. Took him all the way into the, what, the 8th? Yeah, but Mad Bum is Pulled just... him out in the 8th. They both, both pitch shutouts. Yeah, it's just Mad Bum, man. He's... Man was an animal. He's the maddest of all the bums. He is fucked. I'm interested. I'm actually very interested to see how he plays out this year. Yeah. Let's see if he can come back from the dirt bike incident. I don't know about him this year. Well, Southern boy. 
I don't know about them. I'm not betting against them, yeah. but I'm not but sure I'm not betting, about But I'm not betting for them. I'm not betting on them, but I'm not sure. He, he, he's going to be very interesting to watch because if he's good... Oh, if he's good, he's one of the best pitchers of baseball. But it's not just that. If he's good, he becomes maybe the most interesting person traded at the deadline. Yes. Um, yes, true. I'd, I'd be looking at my team to maybe go out and yeah. get him. Uh, and that would be freaking awesome. So I, I hope he's good. I'd like to see him in pinstripes would later nice. on in the year, but we'll see what happens there. We'll see what happens, folks. All right, so let's switch it on over. Uh, the fourth of the major awards, I'll let you kick this one off. The AL MVP. Uh, you can lock it down that Mike Trout will be in the top three, even if he misses some time this year. Uh, but take it away on who you want to take. I'm feeling old man named Alex Bregman. Let me tell you. The Jew. Good Jewish man. He's been through Sarge's Delicatessen a couple times. Fuck 7 Avenue in New Delhi. Their matzo ball soup is way too expensive. Alex Bregman, the boy has, I think he's hit, what, like 285, 290, something like that for the past few seasons. He's hitting plenty of dongs. Postseason, he's a great player, so he's proven himself there, but even regular season. Granted, he's got a very competitive team. you got guys like Carlos Correa. you got guys like you know, Jose Altuve, who also are hitting the ball very well. But Bregman, I think when if he puts together you know a full season of hitting consistently, the boy can hit thirty five dongs at three hundred plus average, and then you're looking at an MVP caliber player. Alex Bregman is an absolute stud. I mean, he broke out in a big way last year. Mm-hmm. He's a very good defender. He's a very good hitter. I didn't know that that pop was coming. Um, I mean, he was the best player on the Astros last year, and it wasn't even close right. if we're just looking mm-hmm. at the offensive standpoint of it. I mean, it's him or Altuve. And that's the thing. You're talking about the best player on the best on, team in baseball. If you think they're the best team. But they're definitely I mean, they're in the top three. So exactly. they're going to have a chance to be the best team in the league. Alex Bregman, definitely a very legitimate pick. So you're actually you're high on the Astros. You took Verlander, and you took uh, Bregma. I think as long as they stay healthy, they're going to be unbelievable. Unbelievable! I'm seeing another World Series trip. I mean, they're they're very, they're very good. They're very good. See what happens. Michael. So now we talk about my American League MVP. Oh boy, howdy! And man, oh man, there's only one man who I'm picking for the AL MVP. Mm. This is a man who, unfortunately, mm. got his season cut by about six weeks last year after he suffered a. Wrist injury, fluke injury, as Jakob Eunice. Jakob Eunice. Hate that man. Hit him in the wrist. The guy tried to tough it out. Took another at bat, actually got a hit. Fun fact. Uh, came out of the game. The entire stadium lit up their phones as if it was a candlelight vigil. Because that's how important he is to the best team in the league. Along with that, this guy, this is the first time since he has been in his rookie season uh, that he is going to go into the offseason healthy. Uh, I mean, that he did go into the offseason healthy. Uh, So he was able to not just rehab, he was able to work on his craft. And what did he do? Well, he changed his two-strike approach. He now shortened up his swing. 
and he absolutely mashed the ball in spring training. The guy was an extra base hit machine. He hit six home runs. I'm not going to put too much weight into spring training stats, but there were some legitimate tweaks in what he did that I'm seeing. I just think he's poised, man, for the bi- the big year. It's his time to take the team, take it with him, pack the bags, take him to the playoffs, and, and just have an absolutely monster year. It's Aaron Judge. I mean, the guy is a behemoth, and I think it's exactly what you said at the beginning. If he finds a way to hit, I'll even go a little lower. If Aaron Judge hits 285 Mm. or above, he's going to win the MVP. This guy has a disadvantage in hitting for average because of his his strike zone. Sure, but you can't really consider the physique in... No, but what I'm saying is if he hits 285... Along with everything along else, with, that what, 50, 50 dongs. I mean, if he hits two eighty five, he's gonna have a lot of home runs. His on base percentage can be one of the best in the league. He's just a guy, and and very underrated is his defense as well. I mean, the guy's got a cannon arm. He's a great right fielder. I just think it's his time. Uh, I really do think he is going to break out even further in a big way. He's a great guy. Uh, we might be talking about him as the face of baseball at the end of the season. I re- I really think it's gonna be that type of year for Judge. The fact that he came into the league. And immediately became the face of that season. Right, is insane. It's as unbelievable. A He's like a Derek Jeter type, in in how he handles himself and how he handles the media. But he's got a little bit more. He's a little bit less of a robot than Jeter was. Yeah. Um, and you know he does things like walks out of Fenway Park, blasting New York, New, New York, York, which I know. Cocky, but I like it. I do like I it. I like it. I don't care if it, if they lost the series. I still like what he did. I think he's poised for a big year. I, I love what he's uh, I love what he's throwing down. Yeah, I like it. I like it a lot. NL MVP? NL MVP, I'll let you go first uh, again here. Okay. NL MVP. Going with a little man. He is... No, no, not a little man. He's a man. And he dwells up in the white-capped... Rocky Mountains, out in Colorado. I think we all know him by name, we all know him by the face, and I think there's almost no denying that he is one of the most consistent powerhouses in the NL, both on defense and also on offense. His defense alone is unbelievable. I mean, the man chucks it across the diamond like it's his day job, with ease. And on the flip side, when he's in the batter's box. He's an absolute force not to be fucked with. Because if you're looking at the last four seasons, Nolan Arenado has hit three of those four seasons over 130 ribbies, the other season being only 110 ribbies, and he's had, I think, over 35 dongs each of those four seasons, maybe two of those seasons being 40-plus. So you get a guy who is driving that many runs across the plate while also hitting for average and playing lights-out defense, to me it's a no-brainer that he should be the most valuable player in the National League. It's it's pretty unbelievable that he's never won the award. It's, it's I, insane. I, if, you, I, if, you, if you just look sheerly at his numbers, it's, it's like, how crazy. the fuck has this guy never won the most valuable player in the crazy. National League? There, there's some level... 
of course, bias, I think, baked into that, uh, unfortunately. Okay, because sure. I, because I hear, sure. you know, years where you're talking about, like, guys like Todd Helton, Larry Walker, should they be Hall of Famers, people bring up the course bias. So I have to imagine that plays into it at least a little bit here. I'm not saying I agree with it. Doesn't discredit. It's still it's a ballpark. Ability. You know, so people have to play there. So I'm right. not going to throw out what the guy does because of where he plays. Nolan Arenado is one of the, the ten best players in the league. Let's call it what it is. Uh, it could definitely be his time to win the MVP. I could, I could definitely see it. Uh, yeah, I mean he does it on all all sides of the ball. Just got that fat contract, Big late twenties. Uh, it, it's just a question for me about how good the Rockies are gonna be. Um, okay, you know, but still, you look at, I mean, look at Trout. Right, the A's have been. But he's not Trout. They, 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 but he's not Trout. Not Trout, but A's have been due to cakes. Right, so you can't really look at it based on the team. Right. And even then, the Rockies had a great season last year. I'm going to take a man in the NL who is a new face and a new place. He is relocating. He's going to be in a better lineup, a team that is going to be in a bloodbath of their own. It's not going to be the NL East, uh, but it's going to be the NL Central is where this guy hails. Uh, he is playing in one of the best baseball cities in the world. He is playing for the team with the second most championships in baseball history. He is a Redbird. He took a little bit too long to get going last year. But I think adding this guy to this team uh, that really came on in the second half last year, along with what I think is probably one of the more underrated pitching staffs in the league, Paul Goldschmidt. I just think that Paul Goldschmidt is the perfect fit in St. Louis. Mm -hmm. He's a guy who goes about his business. He's the type of hitter that they needed in the middle of that lineup. Yeah. Um, He's kind of like a Joey Votto kind of guy. Right. You know, just a solid lock. He's hitting 290-ish, right? Right. Um, So, yeah. I mean, I just think that... uh, I think that Paul Goldschmidt is going to have a major impact on the Cardinals. And if the Cardinals can come out and win that division over the Cubs and the Brewers, which I think they have a chance to do. I'm not saying they're going to do it. But should the Cardinals win that division, Paul Goldschmidt's going to be the guy there. Uh, mm. and, I, and I think uh, I think he's got a good chance. 800-588-2300. Empire today. Damn. Call Empire, and they will install so many things fucking carpets in your house that you won't even know what to do with them call 800-588-2300 empire.com today and they will give you as many carpets as you want for free this is a new sponsor if you enter the promo code www.1800-588-2300 empire today.com backsplash youtube promo code Uncle Train and Big Dog in the morning, cup of joe, come sip it, but don't sip too much, it might be a little hot, dot net. Yeah, I love that, folks. What kind of carpet? Might be shag. I don't know, it's a grab bag. We're going to finish off this show uh, by talking about uh, one guy each who we think is really going to you know, break out, maybe take a leap forward this year, uh, ideally someone who's not being talked about as much. Uh, and then we will finish it up with each of our Dookie Cake Awards. Uh, yes, the, the Dookie Cakes. 
for the dookie cake, it's got to be someone who is, uh, you know, in the upper echelon. Got to love the word echelon of Major League Baseball players. However, we think that they're going to take a giant dookie this year uh, and not live up to expectations. Right. We will get to that. So let's start it off with the underrated player. J-Bar, I'll let you uh, take it away first. It's a little guy, and we call him Adalberto Mondesi, the son of Raul Mondesi. And while the Royals may themselves be duty kick extraordinaires, Mondesi, I think, is going to have a big season. We saw uh, his first two years in the bigs, past two years, he was doing definitely some duty cakes. Um, he had you know, 150, 200 plate appearances, hitting absolute jack shit but second half of last year the man was going 285 for average 11 dongs in about 50 games plus 27 stolen bases so you're talking a guy who could potentially be in that 30-30 right if he hits 11 dongs in 50 games he's obviously got the potential for 30 dongs he gets 27 steals in 54 games. He obviously has the potential to get way more than 30. But I think we're really going to see him break out of the shell that he's kind of been crammed inside of for the last two years, folks. Give it up for Adalberto Mondesi. Are you shitting me right now? Come on. For me, I'm, I'm taking a guy who had a very good second half last year. Uh, okay. Probably underrated. Um, I think there's... You know, another guy in the lineup on this team that, that takes most of the headlines in terms of what he does. There's not many guys on this team grabbing headlines, but this guy plays a stellar third base. I'm talking, we're mm. talking a, about Manny Machado and Nolan Arenado. There's another guy who needs to be in the conversation in, t- in terms of uh, great defense and also something that he does very well is get on base i think he has the potential to hit 30 plus home runs this year i think it's his time uh he hits in a good lineup he's a gritty player he's a gritty player he is a former top prospect ladies and gentlemen matt chapman i i think this guy has a very good chance to be the best player in oakland um, people want to say Oakland's going to regress. They're probably not winning 97 games again. No. But... I can't believe they did that. I can't believe they did that either. But I really do think he's going to have a great year. He's off to a good start. Already hit a three-run home run in Japan. We're going to count it. Um, but I, I just think this guy, both ends of the both sides of the ball, uh, as we said, you know, great glove. We said great glove. he gets on base, so you know even if he's slumping a little bit, yep. uh, he's gonna continue to get those walks and get on base at a, yep. at a high three hundred clip. So I really like Matt Chapman this year. I think he's gonna have a breakout season, and I, I think you know mm-hmm. he's another guy that can become a household name. Absolutely, uh, even playing in Oakland. So you gotta tip your cap to him. That's he he is up for the the tip the cap award, which is a new award I just made up that we will give out. At some point in this podcast season, you might have to be tipping the cap to him. Oh, there's no. You might question. be tipping it to him a lot this season. I might tip it two or three times, up to n number of times. Right? I'm breaking out statistics. Brian Christinger 
our stat professor. You gotta give a big shout out to him. It was probably the most boring class I think that myself and Michael have ever experienced in our lives. No we doubt had, about it. We had a lecture room of a hundred people capacity, and there is a class where there were eight attendees. Eight people in a one hundred person lecture room. You gotta be shitting me, Brian Christinger. You need to get a little bit more spunk in your lesson plans because Jesus Christ it is brutal I mean you definitely like to see a guy like B. Chris put a little pep in his step a little bit of uh, excitement a little bit of emotion the guy is a modern day Ben Stein uh, when it comes to statistics I will say one great thing about B. Chris uh, always 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 knew how to give a great test by great, I mean absolutely terrible. Loki was kind of a dick, too. Yeah, no, not a nice guy. Uh, you know... Like, you would ask for help, and he really wouldn't help you out at all. I'll also never forget the second test he gave. Uh, you know, he, he comes out and he says, the average of this test, uh, the score is about 68%. Uh, okay, be Chris. You know, how does that compare to, to other years? Well, it's about the same. Well, then why don't you change the damn text? Come on, Brian. What are you doing? I mean, come on. Or at least curve it. So there's no reason for him to be torturing. Him. Absolutely not. It doesn't make sense. He does the hanky-panky and he turns it's it on. That's what it's all about. Bang. This award is given at the beginning of every season for every podcast season that we've ever done. That's a fact. To the worst, not worst, the most overrated... Um, lackluster piece of absolute shit, a.k.a. duty cake, player in the major leagues. We think they're going to be a complete disappointment in the league. Um, so without further ado, Michael, would you like to go first? Yeah, uh, so I'm going to take a little trip back. Let's take it. To the National League. Rewind. With a National League player. Come on. Uh, guy broke out in a big way last year. Mm. Uh, was a top three MVP candidate, I think, uh, was the favorite at one point to win it. However, I think there was a lot of luck involved uh, with his batted ball profile. Don't quote me on it, but I'm saying it anyway. Say it. Uh, I think he's not the greatest on base percentage guy, which I think you know, means that he's got a big time chance for regression because you know if you're not a big on base guy, you're relying a lot on average. You know, if you go through an extended slump, it's really going to kill your numbers. Uh, no doubt this guy is a great defender, uh, but I think he got lucky last year. I think he had everything go his way. Uh, so I'm going to say he regresses more towards the mean. His name is Javier Baez. I just think Baez. Javi man. The Javi man. Uh, the Javit center. Uh, Javier uh, Baez. I just think... It's it, it just doesn't feel right. I think the Cubs are a team that you're talking offensively strictly, right? Yeah, offensively. Okay. But that but then, you know, that's that's where the That's really the cake. bulk of it. That's right. where that's where the duty cakes really show their true duty. Yeah, that's where you put the cake in the oven. That's where you set it to 350. 350. That's where you leave it in there for 30 minutes and yeah. that's where you let it rise. Uh to me, he's just the type of guy that has a big time chance for regression. Yep. Um if the team regresses, as some of these models think it will, mm-hmm. which I think is possible. Off 95 games, I think they could go down. I still think oh, they're, yeah. they're a playoff contender. I still think of they're a World Series contender. Yeah. But 
I, I really could see him regressing. He's proved to be <coughs> he's proven to be very streaky, as we've seen. He's erratic. Right. Also. We we've seen him go a month where he'll mash ten dongs. Right. We've we've seen him go through three month stretches where he mashes five dongs. Right. Right. So he's the kind of guy where I I wouldn't be surprised if he hits for two ninety three hundred and has twenty dongs. I also wouldn't be surprised if he regresses and that's two thirty, and can barely hit the ball off a fucking tee. And to me, that is the epitome of, of why you pick someone for the duty cake. Yeah, the duty cake. Because if you're going to give someone the duty cake, they have to be someone that, you know, really might take a duty. On a cake. On a cake. And then just put said duty in the oven and let it rise. Maybe put a nice little glaze on the top. Yeah, definitely like a little uh, cream cheese frosting or something like that on 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 top of the duty cake. Cream cheese. See, I I wouldn't want cream cheese frosting. Therefore, that is a valid topping for a duty cake. Exactly. So that's that's what it's all about. Fair uh, you do the hanky panky. Turn yourself around, just like Brian Christensen does. That's what oh. it's all about. Or rather, doesn't do. Down with Javier Baez. I'm putting a big red arrow next to Javier Baez. Yep. Draft stock this year. Hate to see it, folks. Who you got for the the duty cake? So for my duty cake, I am going to take the duty cake out of the oven. I am going to take my fist and just start mashing the cake and really make it look like a pile of shit and put it back in the oven because that's exactly what I think this guy is going to be by the end of this season is a pile of shit baking in the oven. His name is Cody Bellinger. I see Cody Bellinger... And some days I look at him, I'm like, wow, 2017 rookie either Cody Bellinger, who mashes 40 dongs and puts on display at the home run contest, at the home run derby. But you look at him last year, and you look at how much he regressed as a player. He went from hitting, what, 39, 40 dongs. Granted, you know, he's not, he doesn't really hit for average. Respectable. It's not like Chris Davis hitting 190. Oh, you're talking about Chris Davis, Baltimore. Yes, shit, you're talking about shit, 247. Shit Duke Davis, if you will. Uh, Dookie Davis. Dookie Davis. Um, now, Cody Bellinger last year, he regressed. He hit, what, like 25 dongs. He was unimpressive. He got benched Something in more like games that. in the playoffs because the Dodgers are insane. Exactly. And when you come off a rookie year like that, you expect him to come in his second year. You know, his second year, he's already accustomed to the big leagues. Yeah, okay, you can argue that pitchers, they figure him out. But at the same time, when you get a full year of experience under your belt, and you're a rookie who mashes 40 dongs, I would expect you not to regress to low 20s in terms of home runs, right? So for that reason, Cody Bellinger is my dookie cake of the year. Wow. It's a bold statement. It's a bold strategy. Uh, but if we're being completely honest, you got to love it. I have to say, you know, just for uh, the sake of discussion, I'm on the Cody Bellinger train this year. I think he... Uh, the dookie train or the... Uh, I'm on the, uh, or the, or the... Or the bridge to Terabithia train. I'm on the bridge to Terabithia with Cody Bellinger. Wow. To me, as you said regressed after a phenomenal rookie year second best rookie year we saw that year shout out judge uh but i think after having a sophomore slump type year where he just wasn't living up to the expectations i kind of expect him to get back on track uh, i expect him to come back and have a nice year uh maybe it's not his rookie year but i'm expecting some positive uh regression 
for Mr. Bellinger, but that's the great thing about the Dookie Kick Award. We're talking about guys who are really good players that we're just not expecting to have big seasons. Oh, yeah. And on the flip side of that, I can see Cody Bellinger not living up to the expectations. So he's a good nominee for the Dookie Cake Award. Uh, we have a couple of good duty cakes. We did two National League duty cakes. It just so happens that they're in the National League. It's a complete coincidence. Complete coincidence. We didn't talk about this beforehand. Uh, but they are the duty cakes. Interesting, folks. Let's see how it plays out, shall we? Can't wait. We shall. Okay. All right. Love it.